Welcome to more than a few words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and along with Allison Carter, good morning, Allison. Good morning. We host a weekly marketing conversation for small businesses. Joining us today is TJ Furman of MarketPath. Good morning, TJ. Good morning. We are so glad you're here. Thank you. We're going to be talking about content, and as you are listening, if you have comments or questions, you can certainly um, put them up in the Twitter stream. Please use the hashtag MTFW so we can actually find your comments. Or you can call in at 805-285-9865. We're going to go ahead and get started. And stay with us for the end of the show because Stephen Shattuck is back with another half-baked marketing idea. But let's get started front end. TJ, tell us a little bit about MarketPath, what you guys do, tell them a little about you. Sure. Uh, MarketPath is a website content management system provider. Uh, so basically what that means is we have our own software that allows uh, Internet marketers, small business owners, and uh, marketing departments to manage their own websites quickly and easily without having to rely on the IT staff to get uh, changes made um, or our time. So you don't have to call us and wonder what we have in our pipeline that week and then wonder if your changes are going to get made. So. Uh, we also provide website design and development, uh, some basic searches and optimization services, and just general kind of guidance to our clients about how to get the most out of their web presence. So as you kind of were doing this, um, you guys started kind of this evolution of more traditional web design. Why did you kind of get into this whole area of developing your own content management system? Uh, well, the system itself is about six years old. So when uh, the, the idea first came about, it was before I was there. Uh, but the, uh, the guys were getting a lot of questions about, I need a better way to manage my website. Um, and it was before some of the open source systems that are more popular now, uh, WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, and that sort of thing, were, were prevalent. Um, so Matt uh, Zentz, our founder and CEO, decided, you know what, I can build a, a good, easy-to-use CMS that we can give to our clients uh, and actually turn it into a software as a service business to where we're constantly adding to it and you're subscribing to the service to use. Um, because the web's constantly changing, we're constantly adding to it. What worked last year doesn't work today. So uh, it's, a, it's a nice kind of security blanket for our clients to know that they're getting the, the latest and greatest of what works on the web. And um, why, and, and this is going to kind of drift over a little bit into the whole topic for today, content management. What's the big deal? Why not just put your website up and get on with the rest of your life? <laughs> well, that's the way it used to be, but uh, things have changed. Uh, people are more savvy. Uh, they research everything before they buy it. They ask people for reviews before they buy it. Um, or, you know, they do research on your company before they ever contact you. So if your website's out of date, it's going to send kind of a red flag that if you don't care enough to update your website, then I'm not going to care enough to give you a call or uh, fill out your contact form. So. Okay. So I decided I want to start generating content. And, and uh, and, you know, we were talking before the show about, you know, it's always easier to, to develop content for everybody else and, and finding the time for your own site is often challenging. Yep. But I love, I actually really like your blog. And this is um, uh, something if you guys are looking for good blogging tips besides ours, um, the, the Market Path blog is, is um, really fun. Um, good content. I often find myself quoting it. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how do you generate it? I mean, how does you know small business go about thinking about a content strategy? Sure. Um, well, first you have to have buy-in. If you're just going to decide one day that, hey, we need to blog because guys like DJ and, and people 
like Lorraine and Roundpeg, they say we have to have a blog and now uh, we better get on it. Um, it's not going to work. So you better have a strategy in place uh, and commitment to sticking with a, a schedule. Um, if you're not going to stay up to date with it, it's better off to not have one at all than to put up a post once every six months. It looks worse than not having it at all. So uh, that's the first step. But the second step is coming up with the content that is actually interesting, mm -hmm. and that's the hardest part. That's kind of the uh, the thing that everybody chases after, right? Um, so one, one of the best tips that I can give to small business owners, and it's one of the tips that I use being our business development manager, is any time that a question is asked in a sales meeting, you can create a blog post around that. Um, there's a good chance that that client or prospective client that you're meeting with is not the only person with that question. And if the answer isn't clear enough that they need to ask it to you in the sales meeting, why not put it on your blog? So that's one of the most basic ways that we generate content on a, a weekly basis. Uh, is just conversations with our potential clients. And um, uh, I, I'm going to go one step further on that. Sometimes I get asked those questions in emails. And uh, mining your emails, getting getting my clients to go back and read some of the emails that they have written is a wonderful um, kind of, because you've already written it once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that gets to another point of, uh, you know, repurposing the content. And there's a couple of firms out there that are really, really good at this. One of them is uh, Kuno Creative. That's one of the favorite blogs that I read uh, kind of on a daily basis. And a couple of the guys that I follow uh, on Twitter are, are great at that. Um, one's John McTeague and one's uh, Chad, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Pollitt, I think, um, that they are, are really, really good at writing on one topic and then repurposing that same idea across multiple channels. So. Uh, a blog post will turn into a white paper, which will turn into a webinar, which will turn into a slide deck, which will then turn into another blog post using the slide deck images. So um, it's the same idea, just reused and reworded and just kind of showing the expertise in all sorts of ways around it. You know, it sort of goes back to that whole um, uh, developer's trick of what they call reusable code. You know, once, once you write um, a program to do something, getting it to work inside a different website or inside a different structure is um, a really uh, great shortcut. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that they've, they're, they're an internet marketing, inbound marketing firm as well. So they've, you know, they're, they're the expert at it and they're trying to teach their clients how to do it and doing it for them. So they've become really, really efficient at it and uh, it seems like anytime you'll see one graph, you'll see it multiple times throughout multiple publications, whether it be uh, a couple of blog posts uh, that all kind of tie back into the same topic, but it's their area of expertise, so that's what they need to talk about. They just need to figure a way to phrase it in a different way every time. So whether you're an insurance sales agent, a real estate agent, uh, you know, a law firm, whatever it may be, focus on that area that you're really good at. Just figure out different approaches to talk about. Uh, and um, I think that idea of, um, you know, kind of reusing content, but stepping out beyond just your sales question. Where else can business owners look for, find content? What are the kinds of things should they be sharing on their blog? Uh, How-to guides are great. Uh, we've had a good response from uh, one that I created a couple of, uh, actually it's been two years now since we've had it out. I've updated it as things have changed. It was kind of the uh, on-page search engine optimization guide. So the basics of things that you can do on your site that anybody can do without having to have a background in mathematics or really understand how the Google algorithm works. Um, we've had a great response from that as just a free downloadable guide. 
um, to showcase how easy it is to do the basic things correctly. Um, so if you could focus on something to give away for free, people are, are usually going to reciprocate and when the time comes they need a service, they're going to come to you first. Okay, so I have a question because I've seen both sides of this on the whole premium. I give stuff away. I mean, and we get a lot of stuff away. Um, do you require an email to get the contact? Because um, I always did, and then I heard Michael Stetzner from Social Media Explorer talk about it and say, no, 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 just give it away and have links inside. Opinion. Uh, currently, we do require an email address to download. Um, we do have a kind of a disclaimer on there that it's just for our record keeping purposes of who's downloading it and we're not going to even add you to our email newsletter. Um, we do have a checkbox on that form that says do you want to be added uh, and it allows them to go one step further and, and kind of get our subscription to our email newsletter which features a lot of the blog posts that we write. Um, so we, we let them know that it's very uninvasive. We're not going to call them immediately. We're not going to, to spam them with you know mm -hmm. emails they don't want. So. We do require it, but I can see both sides of it. It probably is a deterrent for some people that they just want to know what there is and they don't want to give their information away because maybe they don't trust us that we're not going to enter them into our sales cycle. Yeah. It, um, it, it's interesting because uh, the last, because we do a, a social media survey and that's kind of our mm -hmm. content that we kind of reuse and milk the daylight sure. out of. Yeah. We um, have a guest post on our blog about it. Absolutely. So. And thank you so much. We sure. enjoyed um Kind of dropping by it, and and again, it was it was designed for that purpose. You have the whole thing, and then you can break it into pieces. Um, we've always required um, a uh, an email address to get the report, and we didn't this year. And I don't know um, whether that encouraged more downloads. I don't I don't think it encouraged more shares because we didn't see dramatically more traffic. We did give people the option of, hey, if you like this and you want future studies. We didn't get very many people. <laughs> if they didn't have to give us their email address, we didn't get a lot. Yeah, and I wonder if it's just kind of an overload of, of people that are doing this sort of freemium mm -hmm. content and whether it's hesitance because they've been burned before or whatever reason it is that they're trying to just stay out of as many people's you know, sales cycles or email newsletters as possible, uh, that could be one thing as well. So what do you do, because I, I, I think there is that little bit of weariness, um, which was why we, um, I think we're more proactive this time about getting guest hosts. Um, how do you combat that? You know, 10 years ago, when I started doing my email newsletter, we were the only game in town. I had 70% open rate. Yeah. Well, don't exist. Don't exist. You know, so, so the email, you know, and, and email still has place in our midst. But the same thing with, with our white papers and our studies, we still get a good response. We still get a lot of shares. We, we get nice traffic. But it's not that explosive first out of the gate. What's next? What other kind of content is out there that maybe a lot of people aren't doing yet? Um, well, I would say infographics, but those are starting to become very saturated. <laughs> um, I wrote a blog post like six months ago about infographics being the next big thing, and now I'm tired of looking at them. Um, so I, I'm not exactly sure what the next, you know, kind of link bait, if you want to call it that, or what people love to share uh, will be. Um, time will tell and start to pay attention to your channels and, and what, you know, you see a lot of people. So if you, if you follow 500 people on Twitter and, and 
50 of them share the same piece, what kind of piece was that? And whether it was just the content that was in there that's the interesting part or the medium that it was shared in, uh, take notes of both of those. So. I, um, uh, I also do some uh, interesting testing on headlines when I share things in different environments. And the same blog post, the same exact content with two different headlines, uh, you know, kind of the, the preview, get entirely different response, uh, responses and traffic. Um, so it, it's kind of, um, uh, uh, I, I think it's, it's sort of an ongoing testing. Sure. Yeah. And if you can do the A-B testing with article names and email subject lines and uh, the software out there, or the software is out there to do that sort of thing. Uh, and if you can afford it or if there's free versions, uh, MailChimp is free to a certain point for a lot of people and that's kind of where we've been pushing our clients that are just getting started into the email marketing. Because um, I think you get 2,000 subscribers for free and 12,000 emails a month. Um, so quite a bit and no cost and it allows you to do that subject line testing and that sort of thing that you can really try things out without having to invest other anything other than time. Um, and, and that's the one thing that you have to have to do is just commit to the investment of time. Well, like I tell my clients, it's either it's it, it, it is always a question of time and money, and it's either um, their time or their money because for their money they can have my time. Sure. <laughs> and so you know you, you you can always find the balance, but I I think that's the thing I, I, that maybe people don't realize is this does take time. Yeah, it's a major commitment uh, for us. You know, we only post one, maybe two articles a week, and it's still probably six hours worth of somebody's time to create a blog post, make sure it looks nice, find images, make sure the links are correct, um, and, and make sure the content we're putting out there. Mm -hmm. um, that's another word of warning is don't just create content for the sake of content. It's got to have some value to it. Um, content for the sake of content almost starts to go down that search engine optimization road where you just want spiders to crawl your site, um, which is a good thing, but at the same time, that if things aren't being shared, if things aren't being read, um, they know this and it's not really going to help you, so it's a waste of your time. Yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting because we've had the blog for a number of years and a lot of our early stuff was just get something out there. It might be um, you know, I would do links to articles with a one sentence. Well, some of those articles are gone now. Mm -hmm. So we're going back and trying to kind of re, uh, revitalize some of those old posts. And it's also fun to go back, um, you know, when you're producing a lot of content, you've got a ton of stuff in your archives that maybe 100 people saw. Yeah. And so um, finding ways to sort of yeah, yeah, repurpose or reuse that do you guys ever do some of that with your clients or um, yourself? It's, it's one of the tips that we do give, um, and it's kind of the from our archive Twitter uh, or from our archive tweet. Um, mm -hmm. If you figure it out, you know, if you tweet out a link to a blog post, how many people see it? So even if you have a thousand followers, not all thousand of them saw it because their their timelines are full or they're not paying attention that day or they're mm -hmm. busy. Uh, so make sure that you're not just linking once, posting and saying, okay, I shared it and now my job's done. Um, share multiple times at different times throughout the week um, and, and make sure that you are sharing, you know, the content that you're working hard to create in, in different channels. So whether it be Google Plus or Facebook or LinkedIn or Pinterest or, or Twitter, um, you know, they're all out there. They all have different audiences. People, you know, digest their information different ways. So make sure that if you have a strategy for those, 
get it out there multiple times. So, your favorite? My favorite is Twitter. Is it? Yeah, I'm quick to the point. I don't have to, to read a lot if I don't want to. So, <laughs> I, I try to digest as much information as possible. I uh, I like Twitter. It's, it's definitely fun. Um, other tips? We've got a few more minutes. Other things people should keep in mind? Uh, yeah, content uh, generation is is great for search engine optimization now. Um, this is one of the things that Google has has targeted as where they want to take it. So the entire point of Google is to deliver the most relevant uh, results to any person searching anything in the world at any given time. Very difficult task to do. Uh, and it used to be a very uh, you know, mathematical, link-driven algorithm. Uh, the updates that they've made over the past two or three years, whether it be Google Caffeine, where it was about uh, indexing speed, uh, or Penguin, or Panda, or Search Plus Your World, and those are getting a little technical, but basically the entire goal is to make sure that the content that is being ranked on page one is actually relevant, and it's not just the guy who had the deepest pockets that can pay for it to be there. Uh, so what it has done is it's kind of leveled the playing field that if you are smart enough to create the good content, if you can share it, if you can do all the things that content marketing is all about, you have a chance to compete with the people that are, are contracting out with a slingshot or a, a deep ripples or another search engine optimization company that's really good at getting their clients to ranked. So um, what do you see, I mean, because uh, you have on the one side you've got the content people, on the other side you've got, you know, folks like, like Slingshot and Deep Ripples. As um, Google continues to sort of shift their algorithms, what do you think the, the future is for some of the, the SEO companies out there? Uh, it's interesting. Um, I, I wouldn't say that link strategies don't work still um, because they Google's still going to rely on that. That's what they built their, their search engine with. But they're always looking for other signals. Uh, and, and the slingshots of the world are, are smart enough to know that and they've you've already started to see it as uh, more of a, a holistic marketing approach on the internet for their clients, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, because you know strategic link building doesn't necessarily add value to the conversation uh, and it was helping content and, and pages be ranked. But if they're creating those infographics, if they're helping their clients blog, if they're getting the content out there, it's actually adding to the conversation and doing what Google is meant to do. So yeah, I say it's a good thing, and you know the, the firms that are, are good at it are smart enough to know that their their game has changed. It's constantly evolving, and they got into this business knowing that it would. So um, you know they're they're constantly adapting more than uh, more than we are. So. It's um, in, in a way, it's actually been easier for me doing this because we've always been on the content side. I mean, we you know we understand a little bit about the links, but for us, it's always been you know develop good content, put that out there, and people will find you. Yeah. And it's a great way to kind of stop worrying about what the algorithm's doing. Uh, content's king, and it always will be king. And now that Google's getting better at figuring out which content should be ranked it's better for everybody. Mm -hmm. So you can stop worrying about, okay, do I have no follow links correctly placed on my site to stop sending link juice off my site. Mm -hmm. um, some of that still matters, but as the algorithm changes, you can slowly start to worry less about that sort of technical SEO side of things and worry about you know what actually adds value for the your clients and potential clients. Yeah. So. Cool. All right, last comment before we switch over and talk about whatever half-baked <laughs> marketing idea Steven's got us. If people want to find you, tell them again. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, TJ Furman, at TJ Furman. Um, and then MarketPath, 
CMS is also one of the Twitter handles. So. And the website is? MarketPath.com. Awesome. This is really good, good info. Um, and now we're going to switch over. Hopefully this is Stephen Holding. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. All right, Stephen, we got TJ Furman. We've been talking about content marketing, but you're going to switch gears and you have a half-baked marketing idea for us? I do. It's about the summer movie season. The summer movie season is upon us. I thought it would be good to talk about. Awesome. Okay. Um, well, I, okay, I, I'm confused because Hollywood seems to do a pretty good job of marketing their blockbusters. Where they do they No, they don't. These ideas, you're right. I mean, like Avengers made $200 trillion or whatever. Batman's going to make probably just as much. Movies don't need any help. So my ideas are more focused around for the theater and improving uh, theater-going experience. So just okay. as a uh, just as a uh, full disclosure, I hate going to the movies. I maybe go to one movie a year that Leah drags me to because she really wants to see it. I absolutely hate going to the movies. So um, you know my neuroses uh, pretty well after all these calls. So <laughs> I got like seven things. We got we got to burn through them. Okay, but this really surprises me because you are such a, I mean, you are a cinema buff. I mean, uh, yeah. I, you know, I, uh, you are you are a connoisseur of great YouTube. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm confused. But, but okay, talk to me about how you've improved the theater experience. So when I go to an Indian game or a Pacers game, I usually, lo- I usually leave that first game of the season with a schedule of all the games that are going to happen the rest of the season. Usually it's a magnet that I can stick on my refrigerator. Theaters need to make that movie schedule refrigerator magnet of all the summer movies with the open dates so that I know when each movie is opening. Kind of a what's, what's coming up. But actually, that's, um, you know, kind of mark your calendars now because yep. I, I actually kind of really like that. Yeah, you could even you could even split it into two columns. So you got like the guys blockbuster movies on the left, and maybe the chick flicks on the right, and that way you can kind of keep track of what ones you're going to, so you have a lot of uh, even distribution between uh, the guy movie and the girl movie. Absolutely. Well, okay, that's a little tough to do in the summer because I, I don't know how to break this to you. Summer is very top heavy, guys. Is it? Is that true? Movies with explosions too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, girls like superhero movies, too. But I, you know what? I mean? okay. I'm going to take this one step further. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily want tons of emails from my movie theater, but no. um, maybe once a month a planning, you know, a planning guide, um, just some, somehow where I can schedule a little bit further in advance because – um, a lot of times we make plans to do things with people three and four weeks out. And we're like, oh, well, yeah. we'll go to see a movie. And then the night comes, and then we're sort of arguing, uh, and it's always, uh, and this just happened to us, um, we were going to go see a movie with friends. Well, then the, it, it came around, well, we had already seen Avengers, and they had already seen something else that we wanted to see. But if we had yep. the schedule far enough in advance. Yep. We would have planned and said, well, we'll wait and see this with you. Yeah. I just want the refrigerator magnet. I think if I could see him, <laughs> I, I, want the, I want that magnet. I want a magnet. 
<laughs> it's a low, low tech idea. Uncharacteristically low tech idea for me. See, and, and okay, now, now I'm really struggling with the whole magnet thing because again, you're sort of a computer tech guy, and I didn't think you'd want to put a magnet anywhere near your computer. I know. Yeah, maybe not. I would put it on my refrigerator right next to the Indian schedule. That's like the refrigerator is the hub of this of the uh, event scheduling for the household. Come on, Peters. You can mail those out. <laughs> okay. For okay. two. All right. So, uh, any other ideas on how movie theaters can improve their experience? Oh man, I got like five more. We got to go through them. Okay, okay. So when I go to IKEA, my favorite thing about going to IKEA, there's a daycare in the in the front lobby. Movie theaters need to have daycares so that people with kids, when they go in, they can just drop their kid off there. There's a couple movie theater employees who can just play with the kids, and then you pick your kid up when you leave. Now, that is that parent market. That, uh, I would pay is, extra. I would pay like 4 or $5 extra for a ticket versus paying like 20 or 30 bucks to a teenager who's got to come over and watch their kids. And you're actually closer. This is actually brilliant for nervous parents. Because yeah. you can actually pop out during slow portions of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah, you could. And you also, I mean, you tell people what theater you're going in. And, I mean, from from the movie theater's perspective, they're like, okay, go in, find a seat. There's a seat number. We want to know what yep. seat number you're sitting in. Yep. Because we can't yep. text during the movie because you will have turned your cell phone off if you're behaving yourself. Like a coach. Yeah, most yeah. people don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here, can we check your coat, sir, and your child? <laughs> Man, Ikea's got it down to a science. And they and movie theaters already have the space for this in these giant, like, movie theaters. They've got that game room. Who I never see anyone in the game room. Just get rid of those games. No one wants to play those. Just rope it off. Put a couple employees in there. You're good to go. Put some toys in there. Daycare. Actually, um, I, Stephen, I think you're on to something. That's an idea that I would trademark and start selling now. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I've seen a couple of, like, stores. Like, I've seen, like, Walmarts and places where they, uh, and maybe it's not a Walmart, but that kind of a store where they have the, the babysitting. You certainly have some, oh, yeah. some legal setup issues, but partnering with something yeah. like a La Petite Academy or Kinder Care to do the legal setup, yeah. You could do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. speaking of legalities, one last one, because I know we're running out of time. It is time for a bar to be in every movie theater. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever been to the it's one just at ridiculous. Keystone Arts? Love it. Yeah, yeah, that's the great thing about that theater. That's awesome. And they must make a ton of money, like, marking up those drink prices. I mean, I know they make their money on concessions anyway. Whole untapped market there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, since the Hollywood Bar and Filmworks kind of went by the wayside, there really just aren't a lot of places that you can have a drink with um, a movie. Yeah. It's, I mean, I how much that. is a liquor license? It's not that much. Like $10,000 a year? Not that much. Well, it depends on, um, and I think the Keystone, they kind of have it set up where they just have the theater next to the bar and they just kind of allow you to carry in and out. But um, right. uh, it's not always the cost of the liquor license. There are a limited number. This is Indiana. We have restrictive liquor, liquor laws. There actually is a set number of liquor licenses that are available, and you actually Whoa. have to wait for the bar to close. 
for a liquor license to really? become available. It, it, it's, direct, it's in direct proportion to the number of people. So as the population grows, more liquor licenses become available. That could be a problem. There's probably, what, like 50 movie theaters in Indianapolis maybe? A lot. But you could start with a beer and wine liquor license. There's a lot more of those yeah. than there are hard alcohol okay. licenses. Okay. Yeah, and, and yeah. really, do you need a double shot of Jack to go? Well, I'll tell you what. I saw um, Dark Shadows this weekend, and a double shot of Jack might have improved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. Maybe reviews would uh, go up in general. From you know, maybe they'd go up like across the board one star. <laughs> it couldn't hurt. All right, Stephen, as always, you've added um, a little different perspective to the conversation and, and some sort of bizarre ideas. I'm still trying to figure out how blogging might help an individual theater because then I'd have something to sell. Um, <laughs> but thank you again. That was awesome. And, TJ, thanks again for coming in. It was really good, good conversation. My pleasure. Allison, as always, you've done a fabulous job on the Twitter stream. You were quiet today. Just soaking in all yeah, the Yeah, I'll that. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. She, she was being snarky about how she was soaking it all in. I'm pretty sure she was napping. Um, this, this is, um, uh, again, if you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you want to learn more about marketing, networking, social media, and small biz, be sure to check out our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.